0: This is the Frank and Friends Show. Hi there, I'm Frank Murphy. I'm Gene Masters. Well, Gene, thank you for being here. I am happy to be here. You have actually watched the show. Yes, I have. (laughs) I have. Which is a key component to being on the show. I will admit it. (laughs) Very few do. (laughs) Well, I'm glad uh, to be here. I'm glad, actually, that you're watching or listening or subscribing, whether you do that on YouTube. You know, we finally did break the 800 subscriber mark, so we're getting that much closer to 1,000, I hope, by Christmas. And, uh, you know, back on all of your audio podcast feeds as well, whether it's Apple or Spotify or um Audible, or all the things. We're on all of that. We appreciate your subscribing and telling your friends about it, because I guess I'm going to call this the beginning of season three. I had to take the hiatus during October and November. I mean, I'm not going to say unexpectedly, because if you look back at the last episode, which came out on, I think, September 30th, I say something to the effect of, I may miss a few shows because of doing Scholars Bowl on East Tennessee PBS. Which I think you also—I you, mean—I think you're aware of that show. Your grandson yes. was on it. Yes, quite quite a few years ago though. He's now married and working away in,
1: yeah. Hotlanta. Hot
0: Atlanta. Oh, I well, say, my son was on it also, and I think they were. I mean, my son's thirty. Well, he'll be 33 in the in January. So okay. Thomas is uh, about 27. Yeah. Okay. So he, they were kind of they my son would have been on it before your grandson was on the show. And that was my introduction to Scholars Bowl. I went over there. I sat in the audience at PBS uh-huh. and I watched. and I thought, oh, these questions are hard. Not knowing that someday I would get to host the show, and after I think I'm, I just finished my seventh season of hosting it, and um, I took on. <laughs> the responsibility, and my really, my wife is going to kill me when I say that because I opened my big mouth and said I took on the responsibility that she ended up helping me with, which was preparing the questions. Yes, um, hosting the show is tiring, but you know I've been doing it. I, I know how to do it. We did fifty-eight episodes, and yeah, it's a, my feet hurt by the time we're done because you're doing sometimes uh, six shows in one day, mm-hmm. and are you standing there? But I said, well, I'm going to take on the responsibility of preparing the questions because I think I can make it easier for myself to host the show if I reorganize the questions in a different way. And everyone said to me, it's it's too hard. What you're doing, what you're describing you're going to do, you're making it harder on yourself. And I thought, ah, no, 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 I've got this idea, you see? What we're going to do is we're going to make, you know, 50 questions for the toss-ups, and then I'll prepare 50 bonus questions, and they're going to be the same category. And they're like, that's a lot of work, that's not how we do it. I said, but I'm going to try it this way. And they all told me it was crazy. Well, they were right in that it was so much more work. Yes. to prepare the questions in that fashion. But that's where my wife came in. Mm-hmm. You know, I had these... Yeah, and she wasn't planning on coming in. <laughs> <laughs> I had these old sheets of paper that looked like they were typed on an IBM Selectric yeah. or on a, uh, an old dot matrix tractor feed. And I wanted to get rid of all those and, and update them, put them in a nicer font, and also put them on my card, so I could hold up, like, on Alex Trebek and everybody, you know, with the, <laughs> where it says Scholar's Bowl on the back, and the TV station made those for me. So I'm standing there, and I'm looking, instead of me slouching down and looking at the questions on the podium, I'm, I'm looking up, and I'm reading the questions. So all of that extra work of, of preparing questions that would never make it on the air, and that was really the key, because yeah. in the game, you, you get a toss-up question, and if you get it right, then you ask you're asked the bonus. Yeah. If you get it wrong... Well, then the bonus just goes away. No one hears the bonus. So here I am preparing an extra 20 bonus questions per episode that aren't going to make it on the air. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Or I should say my wife (laughs) is helping me prepare all these. Because we sat at this table, and the whole table was covered in Scholars Bowl questions. She's at that end with her laptop. I'm at this end with my laptop. And we're talking to each other about... You know, um, what year was, did Alexander the Great do something and, or was something, it was the, whatever it was, 432 and Constantinople, all the, we're going back and forth yeah. and fact checking everything and we're, blah, blah, blah. It was so much work. Well, it turns out when we get to the actual taping of the show that it was all worth it because even though I made it harder on the preparing of the questions, Yes. I made we, my wife and I, made it so much easier on the goober who hosts the show, which is also me, because uh-huh. now I'm flying through the questions. We're going through more questions per episode because right. I'm not stumbling and fumbling and looking for the next question. Right. They are all laid out in this, in this organization that I had in mind. And so when the show starts airing in January, I'll tell you all about it. But I'm so thankful to my wife and also to the PBS people for letting me just, you know, try this crazy idea. Mm-hmm. And I'm also thankful to you because I got to the point where... You know, you had contacted me and said, "How's Frank and Friends doing?" and blah blah blah. And I said, I'm, "I'm knee deep, ankle deep. I'm probably actually throat deep in Scholars Bowl." Yeah. And I said, "Gene, you can help me out." Yeah. And I said, "Maybe you could send me a couple of questions." I sent you a couple of questions. You know, it was I, a full page at least. Well, yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't a whole lot. They were maybe thirty questions at most. Well, if you think about it, that's about how many bonus questions we go through in an episode. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we I we prepared fifty, but you get in. We used about. Forty-five toss-ups and about you know twenty-five to thirty bonuses per episode. Uh So you were—it was really helpful to use all those questions. In fact, if you want to send me some more for the twenty (laughs) twenty-four season, my wife and I figured out that if we want to not procrastinate and not you know work ourselves to the bone during October and November, we need to start preparing the twenty twenty-four. Actually, we should have started last week, I think is what we figured out. <laughs> well, yeah. If we wanted to like, do it like two games a week for a year, we, <laughs> we might have um, enough. Or I guess we could do one week. I don't know. Something like that. Whatever it is. To get, to get 60 games for next year, we've got to get started already because yeah. there's less than 60 weeks before we start taping in October. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the show is because I'm reading your one of your books. Ah. Which one? Uh, it's called The Dry Cleaner. Have you heard uh, of it? Yes,
1: I have. In <laughs> fact, I may have, happen, happen to have a copy here, right here, <laughs> The Dry Cleaner. I'm reading the ebook
0: version of it oh, that I well, got on the, on the Kindle.
1: Well, you know, uh, uh, books that are sold today, especially independently published books,
0: 98% of them are sold as ebooks. Sure, because you can take them with you. I mean, I could access it from my um, iPad, from my Kindle, from my yes. phone, from all the different things.
1: Yes, and, and it, you, like you say, you can carry them, in, and not only that, but you can carry one piece of equipment that's yeah. got maybe 20 or 30 books put on it that yep. you may decide... you could have a 1,000. Exactly. Yeah. You, can, you can pick whatever you want and read whatever you want and yeah. put it
0: down whatever you want. Which is hard, because so many of us are got, have gotten bad at reading books. You know, I know when you see, on, um, I've got friends on Facebook who proudly proclaim that they are book readers. Yeah. And I thought, well, this seems odd to me because I'm old and we all used to read books. But then it occurs to me that I'm reading their Facebook status instead of reading a book. Yes.
1: Yes. And, and a lot of people are, are, are pretty much cliff noting it these days.
0: <laughs> well, there's an abbreviation um, on, that's famous on the internet. I think it's uh, TLDNR. And people come up with this as their comment. Like you're put, someone will share an article. Yeah. And the top that you see, the, whatever the bullet point of the article is, is some hot button issue that you have an opinion about. Yes. So they want to say their comment on it. But they'll put TLDNR and then whatever they want it to say, indicating that the article was too long. They did not read it. But I'm going to give you my opinion on what the article was anyway. So it, just, it, it's a signifi- it signifies their ignorance. Yeah. But they go ahead and do it all the time. Well,
1: yeah, but what you can do a lot of times, though, and even on some of the stuff that gets put on Facebook or yeah, is you can you can skim it and pretty well know what the guys what the guys sure, saying. Sure, But you have to at least do that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now, this is not your first book, but it's your first book in the Rich Vitelli mystery series. That's and correct. I always liked mysteries. I always liked you know Agatha Christie and um, I mean there's so many others. That's the one that comes to mind because she's still the most famous. Yes. But over the course of the years. There are a bunch of other mystery books that I read.ing I mean, even the Jefferson Bass, we'll talk about that in a minute, the doc, that Dr. Bass and John Jefferson yes, did. Yes, I've read those. Um, those I loved. The Patricia Cornwell ones. I mean, I always got into those series of books where the same, whether it's the coroner or the doctor yeah. or whoever, because the de facto, uh, what was, that's not what I meant, uh, the de facto uh, detective, um, that's my new word, de facto. Defecto. Um, <laughs> They, yeah. they show up in multiple stories, so yeah, you don't have to no. worry too much about them dying.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, well, The Dry Cleaner was the first of the series. Um, it's followed up with True Believers, which is the second in the Rich Vitelli season. Rich yeah. Vitelli is the obviously the detective. Mm-hmm. And the third one is Bobby Doyle is missing. And right now I'm still writing the fourth one, which nice. is going to be Rich in, Rich in Venice. Oh, so you're Italian yourself, right? Absolutely yeah only only on only on my mother and father's side <laughs> the name Masters is a shortened form of Mastro angelo oh, that's nice, so yeah, it was a beautiful name. I don't know why my father decided that he had to
0: cut it so off, so that would mean something angel um, head angel head angel oh yeah. see, come on, man, <laughs> that's great, and considering I know you're from church, it's appropriate <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I don't know how angelic I am in church. Well, I mean, you do a lot of... Uh, you help out a lot. You're, you're good at working around the parish. It's nice. And, but you've also written... Um, well, I'm going to get into the Italian stuff because I have a nice little treat for you. Yeah. Um, before Rich Vitelli came along, uh, you had done some novels about your background in the Navy.
1: That's correct. My first, my first book and my bestseller. Uh, this book is far and away outsold. That's sold. huge. Just like three books. Well, it's 800 pages. Oh, my goodness. It's uh, Silent Warriors okay uh, submarine warfare in the pacific and what i do is i take a mythical submarine uh mm-hmm. just like the one i served on which was a modified world war ii submarine wow and uh and basically so were you serving during time of peace or oh yeah i was between korea and before vietnam okay so i never fired a shot in anger yeah yeah but uh basically this this the first book takes a mythical submarine through 11 war patrols with the same skipper. Now, that was never happened during the war. <laughs> yeah. uh, like I say, after four war patrols, they usually leave the, the skipper because he yeah. was kind of burned out after that. Mm-hmm. Two skippers made five. One of them got, t- got captured and, and uh, spent the rest of the war in, in a Japanese war camp. Oh, man. Uh, that was Dick O'Kane, and then, of course, the the big hero of them all was it was uh, Lucky Flucky, Gene Flucky, who <laughs> who uh, who was the skipper of the Barb, and he
0: made five war patrols. That What's was the, the most Barb? the Barb is the name of the ship? Oh wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so his name is is I got to be careful how I say that Flucky Flucky, yes, that's F- his actual F- name. F- yeah, absolutely, and he won a Medal
1: of Honor. One of, one of seven who won them during the war. That's fantastic.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then the other books you've got are continuations of the submarines or no? Well, one more submarine
1: book, The Laconia Incident, is, a, uh, is, is about German submarines. It's an incident in the war that was very strange where a uh, German submarine captain torpedoed a um, British liner yeah uh then discovering to his horror that there were like eighteen hundred Italian prisoners of war on oh, board when oh, he'd done oh. it, and he proceeds to to start a rescue operation and in the process of rescuing them, that he did, he wasn't he didn't discriminate he picked up yeah. whoever he found whether they were whether they were uh polish or polish guard who were guarding the the uh, the Italians an Italian or an Englishman or whatever the heck he'd find, and they rescued the whole bunch of them. Okay, yeah. And, and it was going on real fine until the Americans came in and screwed up the whole operation. <laughs> and that's basically what this book is about. And it's, and this book is pure history.
0: So that is not a novel. That's a novel. That is
1: a novel. That is a novel. Oh, it's it, a novelized... It's, 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 it's
0: historical fiction. Historical fiction, okay.
1: Hysterical, historical. But historical. it's
0: all based on true stuff. It's It is an exactly true story, yes. Fantastic. And what's the last one?
1: Um, well, then in between that, there was one called Operation Exodus, oh. which is about uh, Navy SEALs. So you've written a lot. I mean, yeah. I didn't realize that there's nine books over there. Seventy-six books seven. over there? Seven. seven. And one, one that, that I'm really proud of that nobody reads is this one right here, The Wounds of Jonas Clark. Is that The Stigmata? Yes. And Who's it's, Jonas Clark? He's just a guy. Okay. He's, a, uh, he's an investment broker in New York mm-hmm. who wakes up one morning next to his girlfriend in bed. And finds himself with his hands and feet pierced. Oh my gosh! And can't figure out what happened. Yeah. Who did it? Did he do it to himself? Did his girlfriend do it, or what? Or was it a miracle? Or was it a miracle? And it goes from there.
0: Wow. So well, there are a lot of you know. There's uh, that Padre Pio movie that uh, got a lot of attention recently. Um, Padre Pio in real life had the stigmata, and that I think is represented in the Shia LaBeouf movie, which I haven't seen. I don't think I'm not even sure if it's been played in America yet.
1: Well, I'm not familiar with it, so I can't. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, they made a movie going. about Pietro Pio, and
0: it's, uh, you know, it caused the, the actor to, um, become Christian. He was, you know, atheist wandering around, did yeah. what he was going to do, and this character became so in love with the character and everything they learned in the movie. So it was a very transitional for him. Yes. Alright, so Rich Vitelli, very Italian. I will tell you that my next door neighbor, Nancy, went to New York. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, Where's your family in, in, in America? You're not from Knoxville.
1: No. Originally, my family came over in, uh, in the early 20th century, 1918, and they settled in New York.
0: Okay. So my, my family's from New York also. My parents are from the Bronx. I won't tell anybody. Okay. Well, my friend Nancy, next-door neighbor Nancy, uh, loves to go to New York every year at Thanksgiving. And she marches as a volunteer in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. God, God love her. <laughs> so this year, she was a toy soldier uh, walking alongside the Joss Stone float. It would look like um, children's building blocks and children's toys. So she's got on this outfit with the red dots on her cheeks and the big high hat. And she's like mm-hmm. one of the wooden soldiers. She's marching along. Well, you know, I, we helped her out, took in one of her packages while she was gone. And then I was sending her screen grabs of herself mm-hmm. on... Um, you know, on the YouTube and on, yeah. on NBC, because she made it onto the NBC telecast. It was great. Well, anyway, uh, she came back, uh, in fact, exactly one hour before I was expecting you. Ugh. The doorbell rang, and I okay. panicked, because I was sure that we had agreed on a time, and I had not yet at this point showered, or uh, finished setting up the room, and okay. done all my, all my homework. I mean, I was just I had just finished recording uh, t- today's Lake FM radio show, which is all Christmas music, by the mm-hmm. way. 104.9, 100.9, or online around the world on lakefm.com. All right. Okay. And I enjoy Christmas music, Christmas and, and music. It's like, I love any, it.
1: And he's going on it, too.
0: Thank you. Well, anyway, so the doorbell rings, and I think it's you. I'm <laughs> like, what am I going to do? You're just going to have to sit here while I go upstairs and shower, or you yeah. have to go home. I mean, you live close, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, well, you're, you're just five minutes away. I didn't realize you were this close. I know. That's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> you? you probably see your house out the back. Because <laughs> that street back there, well, anyway, it's a long story. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's 379 Whatever.
1: We're on the other side of Middlebrook. You
0: know. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a uh, the zip code divide is my back property line. Oh, okay. My neighbors back there are in a different zip code oh, than I okay. am. They're in the more expensive zip code. I'm in the 379 too far over here. Okay, <laughs> that's it. anyway. So Nancy, it was not you. I don't know if you knew this, but when the doorbell rang an hour ago, it was not you. Okay, it was next door neighbor I'm Nancy. I didn't hear that because I didn't think I was here. Uh, who had come back from New York um, and was so excited because she went to see some of the pre records. For the, uh, they have the tree lighting ceremony in Rockefeller Center, uh-huh. and they record part of it in advance. And she got tickets, and she went to different other TV show tapings. So she went to some place called Palermo, Palermo Pastry Shop in Brooklyn, uh-huh. and then she loves going there every year when she goes up. And she said she's going to bring home. and It's for my wife and me, but you're here first, okay? So you win, um, and we're going to open. Uh, She's got the real Italian cookies. I mean, look at these? Does this say does this say Italian cookie to you or a Oh, Yeah, that's definitely. That's like the real deal. That's yes. authentic. Yes, yes. And then some of the other ones in there. So you can want to help yourself to a cookie, you're welcome to. Or if you don't want to make chewing noises on I the mic. I don't
1: think that's a cool idea on TV. we we'll, yeah.
0: we'll, uh, <laughs> I've certainly made a plenty of chewing, but we'll save that for yes, after. We'll, we'll and I wanted that. to say thank you to next door neighbor Nancy. And, and,
1: and they can all be jealous on mm-hmm.
0: watching. Oh that's this. good. The little bit of chunkle I got yes. on my finger is fantastic. Was, you said you were your family was in the box. My parents are from the Bronx. I grew up in the suburbs of uh, New York, in Yonkers. Okay. My my mother's
1: people all were in Astoria. Yeah, Queens. Yeah. But my grandfather's people were all on, uh, or my father's side, were all in, in the Bronx. Nice. On Purdy Street... <laughs> Okay. That's where
0: my grandparents lived is on Purdy Street.
1: Okay. That's shocking. And I'm sure they went to Lambias to get their, their pastries. I
0: right don't know because they were on the Irish side of things, but they went to St. Raymond's, which was on their same block. My, my grandfather's buried in St. Raymond's Cemetery. Get out of here. I think, my, I think my grandfather's also buried in, there's two St. Raymond's Cemeteries. We're going to have to have this conversation privately because <laughs> apparently we know we've known each other before we knew each other. Yeah, how do you know that? <laughs> My parents were married in St. Raymond's right there okay. on uh, what was the main road, Metropolitan, or whatever the main drag was, right. I don't even know. All right. Well, while we're talking about books and while we're talking about uh death and in the in especially in your book where which I'm very much enjoying the dry cleaner, yes. where there's um disposal of remains is what the uh yes. ha- the ra- the remains are disposed of. Yes, she, we, she has a very unique method of doing it. Yes. Uh so in that Uh, Regard, uh, Dr. Bill Bass, of course, is the world's preeminent forensic anthropologist. Ninety-four years old, yes, and still out there. In fact, on Monday, I'll be emceeing an event with Dr. Bass. Look, see, this is the uh, the new. It's kind of odd. We for people who like to go to Thompson Bowling or the other things, we've got these new clear bags Uh that say Dr. Bass on them, Bone Zones, and Frank Murphy on there. Uh I don't think that they even put me on the bag. Isn't that sweet? Well, -hmm. the one we're going to give out on Monday is, I guess, blue because the theme is frozen bones. (laughs) <laughs> so this one was from the Halloween episode where it was, uh, you know, but they're nice. So we can go to, you know, basketball games now. But all the other uh, merchandise you can get at BoneZones.com. Don't forget the S. And let me pull out some of the, uh, the fine stuff you can get. Like, for example, the, uh, the Body Farm t-shirt. You know, you can get one of these. Oh, yeah. And it's got the list on the do back. They, do they
1: put the bodies in those when
0: they put them in the fields? The bodies? Well, they, well, actually, I can tell you exactly what they do with them if you're interested. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've read the book. Okay. Because all the uh, the remains then go into the uh, William M. Bass donated skeletal collection at the University of Tennessee. Oh. Uh, Death's Acre is the nonfiction book with uh, Dr. Bass telling the origins of the body farm and how he decided he needed to put people out there and watch them decompose. Mm-hmm. And it's got a few interesting case studies in there. Or, of course, there's the, the Jefferson Bass novels, which you said you've read, and I enjoy mm-hmm. those very, very much. And it's funny, because as they, if you read them in chronological order, they get better. Yeah. Because John's gets a little more comfortable. I mean, he's been... This, I'm familiar with the syndrome. <laughs> well, even if you wanted to get, like, a souvenir skull uh, autographed by Dr. Bass. <laughs> I don't know that i want a souvenir skull. Well, this one, this one looks fake. You know, it looks like a paperweight. Oh, okay. Because it's a gold, but it's okay, got Okay, it looks
1: fake. Anyway, that's cool.
0: Well, we do have some realistic-looking ones, and people <laughs> buy those right up. And we, uh, we sell out of those frequently at Dr. Bass events. Okay. So uh, if you want to get your uh, autographed Dr. Bass merchandise, bonezones.com. Don't forget the S, uh, because <laughs> uh, well, the skulls, the hats. Oh, we have got the Bill Bass groupie hats. You know, the whole, the whole nine yards. Here you go, Dr. Bill Bass groupie. Good uh, luck. And well represented. In all the things, challenge coins, key tags, uh, and we appreciate the support of Dr. Bass and Susan and everybody at BoneZones.com. They've been uh, advertisers on the Frank and Friends show podcast since day one. Very good. So there you go. Um, This is actually coming up. I've got Dr. Bass on Monday. I'll be emceeing the event down in Cherokee Caverns Mm -hmm. with uh, Dr. Al Hazari, who will do some kind of chemistry magic show. Sam Venable will do a humorous talk, and Dr. Bass will present... Uh, You know, a forensic lecture, and I facilitate that for him. I kind of help him, you know, say, well, Dr. Bass, what's on this slide? And have a question for the audience. That kind of, you know. like Sounds uh,
1: interesting, actually. It's
0: fascinating. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, But I also have two Christmas parades coming up on Saturday, and I want to get in a plug for those because, uh, once again, the Frank and Friends show has been invited to host the Carnes Christmas Parades YouTube feed. Mm-hmm. So they have their own YouTube channel, and this is the third year in a row that I've done it. Uh, my friend Becca James, the girl with two first names, will join me as we uh, describe the Carnes Christmas Parade rolling up Oak Ridge Highway. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And um, so if you're there in person, you know the, you'll go home and watch yourself on YouTube afterward. But if you're staying home because the weather is too frightful, uh, you can just <laughs> watch it live. <laughs> I don't. I hope they have a <laughs> a plan in case it in case it rains on Saturday. Um, Heather Wallaga from Channel 10 is going to be the Grand Marshal. Oh, my. you ever watched her on Channel 10? Oh, yes. very all lovely. the time. All the well, time. the Carnes Parade calls up and say, they contact me and say, hey, we have this idea. Can you get us to Heather Wallaga as our Grand Marshal? Can you get her? They wanted me to get her, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, do you know her? <laughs> <laughs> well, she went to Carnes High School. Okay. I said, yes, in fact... Uh, that same day every year, I've got the Carnes Parade at 9 o'clock in the morning, and then at 6 o'clock that evening, Heather Wallaga and I are the announcers for the Rocky Hill Christmas Parade on ah. uh, North Shore down by Morell, which okay. is a more of a festival, and it's a nighttime parade, and they've got, you know, it's it's all... it's. It's like everything in a parade, but it's also condensed, because they can only close the street for 45 minutes. So it's a very fast-moving parade. <laughs> right through there. <laughs> it does. <laughs> the guy, uh, one, some guy named Miller, who's, who's writing the script for, the, for Heather and me to read, yeah. he texted it to me last night. I had to write back to him. I said, dude, th- this is too long. <laughs> we will get we, each of these people, whether it's the politicians driving by in their Carmen Ghias or, their, uh, or the marching bands. In the marching band, you shut up. You don't talk while the marching band is going yeah. by. And they're the longest thing. You know, it takes maybe 30 seconds for the marching band to go by. But everybody else, you know, here's the Akima Club, and they've got this a par- three paragraphs, four paragraphs of me to read for the Akima Club. I mean, we're going to make it through the first two sentences, and they're going to be on gone. Yep. You know, it's, so I had to tell them all that. He's like, oh, thanks for telling me. Anyway, it's a great festival. They have live reindeer. They have um, uh, the Grinch reads this. They read the Grinch story. They've got some actually really top notch musicians Mm -hmm. every year, but this year it's ones (laughs) that are so top notch, even I've heard of them Uh, Cruz Contreras and Any Sunshine. Uh, yeah. So uh, you should. By the time you watch this on the second, you should know what day tomorrow is, which will be the third. So, <laughs> had I thought ahead, okay, and opened my calendar, I certainly could have. I, I, I are an engineer, so I can. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Was that what you did in the navy? You were. A, uh yeah. I not only in the navy, but in life. After the navy. Oh yeah. There what, was, there was life after the navy. I mean, um, in in what branch of engineering is most appropriate? Mechanical? Uh, which nuclear? De- which degree? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. My, I have an undergraduate
1: in mechanical engineering. Okay. And then a master's in environmental. Yeah. And then I went on for a PhD in civil.
0: Oh, fantastic. So
1: I'm, I'm covered most of the bases. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the strange part about it is in my professional career
0: most of the work I did was in chemical engineering. Oh, well, interesting. My, so, son, my son does chemical engineering. Ah, yes. He just, uh, in fact, uh, just. Well, I always finished chemistry. To- that was the
1: word, funny part about it. That's what I ended up doing most of my most of my career.
0: <laughs> well, my son has uh, just got a great job offer, which I'll talk about maybe some point in the future. But yeah. he's just uh, he's got his PhD now, and uh, from the University of Michigan, and just got a that job boo, offer from. Boo. Where did you go? Notre Dame. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, anyway, he went to the other blue, big blue, um, and. <laughs> Big blue. Come on. Wait, I don't know what it's called. I, is that what it's They're good in football. Yeah. Oh, hell, they're, they're, they're great this year. <laughs> At Notre Dame, not so much. So, you know. Well, anyway, he got his PhD, and now he's got a job offer, and I'm thankful. My wife and I are thrilled because we texted each other with uh, signs of, like, oh, thank goodness, our retirement, because our plan... <laughs> Don't bet on it. Well, I know I've been in broadcasting my entire career. <laughs> yeah. I have no retirement plan because you think you've got a good job and then they pull the rug out from under you and your 401k stops and yeah. you start from zero again at the next job. So you end up with a, you know, it's, it's not, it's not, um, financially it a is, good move. It wasn't the, a
1: good career move. Not a
0: good yeah. career. No, yeah. I had fun. Yeah. I've enjoyed broadcasting, but, um, in hindsight, <laughs> I probably should have gotten, uh, you know, some uh, made some better, you know, financial choices in terms of what job it, I took. It's like being a first century pope. It wasn't a good career move. <laughs> so I'm hoping that my uh, son, when he, you know, gets a house where we can just live in the basement. Yeah, <laughs> like he lived in our basement you know and we supported him for what 18 years and yeah. my daughter for 18 years so if I can and that's 36 years they each owe us 18 years There's, we're not going to live that long you know we're not going to live 36 more years right I, 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 you can't plan on anything <laughs> <laughs> so I just need I just need some time to you know to, just to, to coast toward the end you know uh, yeah okay <laughs> By the way, if you're interested in buying an advertisement on the Frank and Friends show, <laughs> you can email me, Show at gmail.com. Uh, well, there's a lot, uh, I mean, there's so much has happened since the last episode. It's been, you know, two months. This hiatus as, uh, has turned out all because of Scholars Bowl. And there's so many anecdotes from that show that we've got folks who one team said, Oh, Mr. Frank, if we win the whole thing, will you go to lunch with us after the final game? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I didn't think they were going to win for lunch. Well, Come on, yeah. So I, yeah. they won, and I had, I had to go to lunch with them. But I had to. I enjoyed going to lunch with them. Yeah. So that and they were delightful. Another team from a city that I really thought was smart and with it, and I thought they were going to, you know, make it high yeah. into the. I, mean, um, I shouldn't say a city, a high school, uh, yeah. known for its smart kids. Yeah. Well, they show up. And it turns out they've never watched the show. Oh. Uh-huh. They're like, oh, yeah, well, we're on the uh, quiz bowl team at our school. Uh-huh. Well, it's different rules. The quiz bowl is, is fun, but so it, and it's, it's great. It's a great activity, and a lot of, there's a lot of overlap. You know, like the Catholic high kids, they'll do Scholars Bowl yeah. in the fall, and then we do, like, a quiz bowl or a science bowl in the spring. Well, these kids are like, yeah, we do Quiz Bowl. We're smart. We're from a smart high school. Well, they like, you know, like, oh, they ring in and they go kind of like, no, mm-hmm. And the judges go, time. And the kid gets zero points. Yeah. And the other team steals it. <laughs> so they got skunked yeah. because they had no concept of the format of the show. Yeah. Whereas the teams that do really well. Other are the ones that practice. They binge watch yeah. uh, last year's episodes and they play against me. You know, yeah. in other words, my cadence, my rhythm. Sure, on they're the, smart. Yeah, <laughs> they memorize the questions. Yeah. And there's this one kid that everybody admires, his name's Albert, because he, he memorizes the questions. And he'll ring in, in the middle of the question, because yeah. he knows what I'm going to say. Yeah. Well, there's one, you know what xylem and phloem are? It's something about uh, plants. It's about the vascular part of plants, and one okay. is the... Uh, the root nutrients are coming from the roots going up to the leaves and the other the stu- the photos products of photosynthesis are coming from the leaves and going back down to the roots okay. so one's xylem and one's phloem and we had the question in there for years and it's always the answer's always been phloem right yeah or maybe it's a and uh, so I thought, well, that's interesting. I'll leave that one in there. But why don't I write another question just like it, but make the answer xylem? Yeah. You know, just reverse the up and the down. So I start reading it. Albert rings in. "Floom." I'm like, ha-ha, ha ha <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha, you little stinker. <laughs> so he was very mad about that. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, well, but, do you do the same questions from year to year? There's a lot of, well, I mean, how many times can you ask uh, about Xylem and Flume. I mean, how many... Yeah, that's de- true. You know, there, it's basic knowledge, and because the student body turns over yeah. every four years. What's changed is in the seven years that I've been doing it, is the shows are now available on the Internet. They didn't used to be. Yeah. You used to have to actually watch the show on TV, and, you know, they didn't even show it all year round. Now, right. now they show it every day, all year round, 5.30 yeah. in the afternoon. <laughs> YouTube is amazing. There's so much stuff on And the PBS app, you yeah. know, is where you can watch... All these shows, yes, and they've, in fact, um, they showed me the streaming statistics for the week that we were, or the month, the last month while we were filming. Yeah. Scholars Bowl statistics skyrocketed during those (laughs) weeks, because obviously, all these kids who are making it to the last... Being smart. Eight or 16 teams are, yeah, studying up. Yeah. Um, And that's what's changed it also. So now... That was my impetus to say, well, not only do I need to reorganize the questions, but I need to reword a lot of them. Yeah, and get new ones. Yeah, and, and well, thank you. Yeah, I got, You sent me some new ones. Yeah. Uh, my friend Aaron Littleton from Einstein Simplified sent yeah. me some new ones. Dr. Frank Jr., Ph.D., sent me some, and the kids are like, what is this question? And I say, well, sorry, you can blame Dr. Frank Jr. PhD for that one. <laughs> and the team that won says, yeah, tell your son thanks a lot. Yeah. That question was too hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know,
1: uh, in, in writing questions, for, especially at the high school grade, it's the, the amount of, of knowledge that's out there since I went to school has exploded. Yeah, Absolutely exploded. And I, when, for instance, when my daughter was going through Catholic, she was studying statistics. And yeah. she was studying calculus. Yeah. And I didn't hit calcu- calculus until freshman
0: year in college. And this is Janine we're talking about? Yeah. Because she's, her, like you said, her child is now grown and married. So yes. that's, yeah, wow, 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 wow. Yeah, they, they were pretty advanced. Um, I, I mean, at the high school level, they know a lot of stuff. I, I had to, many times call Frank Jr. or call somebody yeah. and say, would you explain this to me so I know what I'm asking when I tell you to describe this um, element on the periodic table to me in exponential notation. Yes. And it starts with, you know, one s two, two s two, three, all this stuff. It's about, and I I didn't really understand it, but at least Frank Jr. kind of took me through it. He said, well, you have to imagine the periodic table, and you're kind yeah. of reading across the top, and it means yeah. this and this, and they will know this. I'm like, how are they going to know this? Because they study it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're trying to mix it up with arts yeah. and music and yeah. chemistry and biology and history and, I mean, literature. Um, and there's a lot. And sometimes you get blindsided because the you ask about the literature that I studied in high school no, is like, pff, nothing. Yeah. Uh, nobody, nobody reads George Eliot anymore. <laughs> yeah, they didn't know who the draft
1: was, that's for and, sure. And, you know, and the, we read Silas Marner and we yeah. read... And we read uh, well, thankfully, we actually did read some Shakespeare, and that has never gone out of
0: style. Right. They do pretty well on the Shakespeare questions. But yeah. the, the Silas Marner, and that's particularly, yeah, those are just... Yeah, blank and, stare. Uh, it, you know... Because those questions are still in the game from when it started back in the late 80s. Yeah. Those topics, anyway. You right, know? right. Yeah. And,
1: and now they're reading, uh, you know, more modern arth- authors Sure, uh, about stuff that's 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 uh, contemporary. What's going on today. Yeah, contemporary. It's, it's contemporary
0: literature as Whereas, opposed to classic. You know,
1: yeah. we, we read stuff like Stephen Crane's Red Badge of Courage, which,
0: which right. is a book that I, that
1: I loved
0: in high school. And I'm trying to balance it because in addition to the public schools we have the parochial schools, we have the non-religious um, private schools like Webb, yeah. and there's a couple of others. Uh, we also have the home schools are represented. And you know, when you talk about those different categories of schools and also public schools from every surrounding county, yeah. their curricula aren't in sync with one another necessarily. Um, so I'm trying to pick the common denominator when I'm doing the literature questions yeah. as opposed to thinking, well, they may or may not. Well, you notice I
1: stayed the heck away from literature. I didn't, I didn't yeah, give you any fine. literature questions.
0: <laughs> well, I, I stuck with the stem questions. Let's put it that way. Well, it's fun for me to put in the Broadway musical questions because <laughs> I looked up. I looked up and see what what plays are they currently doing in high school drama. Yeah, and they're still they're still doing a lot of the old you know yeah. chestnuts uh, from the Broadway days. So I put those questions in, and they ring right in and know them no problem. Yeah. Well speaking of books and everything i 'm uh, excited for you with your self published books and we have to have a conversation off air so I can learn how to do that okay. with the manuscript i've been I started writing two years ago and then stopped, so I have to get back to it you know because things things happen yeah I got other side hustles that came up. Um, But if you enjoy listening to any number of books, modern literature, classic literature, one way to do that, one way to get caught up is by checking out Audible with a free trial, a free 30-day trial for the premium version of Audible. When you go to audibletrial.com slash show, for 30 days, you can really try it to the hilt. And this is where you get a credit for an MP3 download. You get a free one every month when you're a premium member and you can take advantage of that during your, your free month. Keep that forever whether you stay on Audible or not. And you can listen across devices. You know, if you got the Echo or you got the the app on your phone, you want to listen to your AirPods, you want to listen on your Apple CarPlay. It doesn't matter. The... Uh, the program, the Audible program, remembers where you left off and always picks up at the same place. And there's just tens of thousands of titles. So let's say, for example, you wanted to research. Let's
1: say, for example, is there an you want to read an audio book entitled Silent Warrior. It's on Audible? It's on Audible. So also is the Laconia. Bada bing, bada boom. So also is Operation Exodus. Well, then you could get e- started. Any,
0: any one of those three books is on Audible. So here you can sample it for free for thirty days. Uh, find out that you love all these Gene Masters books, for example, during that free trial, and uh, maybe make one of those your uh, your MP three download that you keep forever. Huh? Like probably the, the fattest one. Yeah. That's what I would do. I pick this the longest one. This one,
1: one is tr- twenty three hours worth. There's boom. And let me tell you something. The guy that does the the reading of this book was fantastic. He did a marvelous it marvelous job. Where'd you find him? Uh, Bill Bird. He's a he's a uh, disc jockey out of. Uh, out of Sacramento, California. Fantastic. And when you when you get on Audible and you set yourself up to have one of your books done as as a as a book, you can either narrate it yourself, which yeah. you, you're a fool if you try and do that. Let me tell you. Well, uh, or you can have somebody who knows what they're doing do it. <laughs> now, I may take an exception to that if you have a if you've
0: made your career out of. Broadcasting, huh? and I'm yeah. writing a memoir about my uh, career in uh, broadcasting. Yeah, I, it I, makes I, in the first person. It might make a little sense for me to attempt to narrate it myself. Yes, but my problem is that first of all, I don't think I'm a that, that great
1: narrator, <laughs> and I tried. I tried doing that with the uh, the Rich with, Vitale's. With no, I with oh. the Rich Vitali I tried doing that on my own with uh, getting a. Uh, uh, a program that was downloaded for a reasonable amount of money. Yeah. Started doing The Wounds of Jonas Clark, and I found out you don't want to do that in your home because if no. the cat comes in and starts squealing <laughs> or, or you know, or the wife says, "Gene, what happened to... You know, you don't want to... You, it's not a really great environment. <laughs> yeah, you, know,
0: you need a studio. You need a whisper room or you need... Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, you need something like that, and we're not set up for anything exactly. like that. Exactly. And, I'm yeah. in the same boat where, I mean, I don't have... the. Uh, you know what I'm doing? Uh, radio DJing over there in the yes. kitchen. There's music playing under me to yeah. hide the noise of the refrigerator. You know? <laughs> Although there's that one guy who said, "Texted Frank Murphy sounds like his refrigerator is running." You should catch it. <laughs> well, let me say, let me
1: say this: the the people that did these the books for me did a marvelous job, and. Uh, and if you want, if you want twenty three hours of of really good narration,
0: that, that good. the guy that did uh, Silent Warriors did a beautiful Well, I'm glad product. to hear that. My friend Jim Tilson has decided he wants to get into that, so he's been looking at it from the perspective of joining Audible as a uh, potential narrator. So yeah. he's uh, going to submit his auditions and all the things, and he's excited about that. Yeah,
1: and and what then? What has to happen is that you have to hook up with an author. Yep. Yeah. And get and and he he passes on you and picks you as to whether or not you you, yeah. you want him, he wants you to do his book and then the two of you get together and he can either he can either buy your services completely mm-hmm. or you can share them and most of mine are shared fifty fifty with the narrator oh
0: that's great so that gives him
1: an incentive to promote. anybody yeah anybody that comes in on audible and 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 that way I don't have to pay him anything yeah. Which is, to me, a no-cost operation up front. If the book sells, great. We're going to make some money, and if it doesn't sell, well, we're it's on both colors. of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So,
0: well, it's good to know. I like, I like all that. Well, we have, I appreciate that. Don't forget, um, if you go to our website, com, you can uh, find some delicious and delightful Frank and Friends merchandise, like the cups. I don't have the beach towel right now because we're still in uh, Thanksgiving mode. We've got to flip everything to Christmas maybe before the next episode. I've got to explain to you why there's a live fig tree behind me. I've got to tell you about, um, well, I've got to tell you some more things about... The, the crazy person I sat, crazy, delightful person who's like me in his 80s, except um, when I met this guy at, uh, at a concert. And we just started talking, and my wife thought it was insane, and it's a fun story. I've got that for you. Um, maybe you saw the giant uh, Santa skeleton on your way in that my neighbor's got. we got to talk about that. So there's a lot coming up in the next episode. See, no, I didn't see it. <laughs> well, you'll see it on the way out. It's, 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 it's frightening. <laughs> if you say so. Uh, of the Frank and Friends show. Be sure to smash that button for notifications when you subscribe on YouTube. And we do appreciate you getting caught up with us and uh, getting us back uh, in your good graces with uh, regular episodes, at least until the Scholars Bowl gets me crazy busy next year again. Gene, thank you. Thank Take you. Take care. God bless you. Appreciate, Appreciate you being here. Uh, this is the Frank and Friends show. I'm Frank Murphy. Gene Masters. And we'll talk to you again next time.